Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Oh man, it feels good to be back. So I spent some time in Kansas City, Missouri. Love doing that. Um, love the people there are fantastic. Shout out to, uh, to Pastor Bill and his wife Kelly. Uh, they're phenomenal folks. I, so I pre- preached at their church, Life Church, last week, and um, then hung out at the Deeper Conference with Pastor Bo and just had a phenomenal time. Uh, love the community. But there's nothing like being home. Like you all are our people, and like I love visiting, but I love coming. Up. It's kind of like kind of like vacation. When you come home, you're like, oh, that was fun, but it feels good to be home. I miss my recliner, and I miss taking my shoes off, and I miss my people, and um, so that's really where I'm at. Um, I really don't have any, I've got some through the week travel, but nothing left this year, thank God, uh, for the weekend. And next year I've already, I'm adjusting my travel. Uh, I will do far less. Uh, while I enjoyed it, uh, I'm ready to be here for a long season. Uh, we got stuff to do, and we got, we got people to reach. And, and I enjoyed this season, uh, but a season is a season when it ends. Kind of like when you wake up in North Carolina and it goes from summer to cold. All these people are celebrating fall. The devil is a liar. Because, no, no, no. If fall lasted, I would celebrate with you. That's not how it works here. It goes from hell to snow. There's this, there's this false hope of fall. They're like, hey, have a pumpkin latte. Have a pumpkin spice piece of whatever. No, it's a lie. It's, I'm telling you, that like this isn't the God. Lisa, thank you. Look, your husband can hit you if he wants to and abuse you in the house of the Lord. But I speak the truth. Y'all need to laugh way more. That's way funnier than that. And if y'all missed it, he like put his hand on her like, that's not true. But Lisa doesn't lie. Lisa's one of the happiest people I know on the planet. And if Lisa says it, it's the truth. Praise the Lord. Okay, so anyway, so we're in a series called Crazy Prayers. And here's what we said. I had somebody come up to me last week and they're like, uh, or actually at the end of first service, and they're like, Pastor, what if I can't come up with anything crazy to pray for? And I'm like, your world's too small. I'm not insulting you, but there should always be something you need to believe God for that's way outside of your grasp. I mean, you got somebody who's lost that looks that you've given up on. There's your crazy prayer. You have a financial debt that's so much bigger than anything that it's going to take a miracle. There's your thing. Do you you know? Do you have a marriage situation that's so much beyond healing that I mean? There's your thing. Like, like, are you are you hopelessly single? And and not that singleness is a sin. I think singleness is a gift from God. Sometimes. People are way too much in a hurry to find, right? God's got a rhythm to everything in life. Enjoy the season you're in. But you need to be believing God for the next thing. Does this make sense? Like, like find your crazy prayer. What's the crazy thing that God wants you to believe God for? That only He can do. That makes your palms sweat a little bit. That makes you nervous. I never will forget when we got ready to change churches one time. Um, I was going to a place I did not want to go. And my wife did not want to go. At all. At all. And the Lord laid it in my heart that we needed to move. And I said, that's fine, but I'm not telling her. If you want me to go, you're going to have to tell her. True story. Like, this is 100% true. She came in the bedroom. She's like, hey, I need to talk to you before you leave for work. And I'm like, 
That ain't never good. Can I just say as a husband, if your wife walks in and says, we need to talk, you never go, well, praise God. Loving is in my future. That is not what you're thinking at all. You're like, crap. What did I do that I didn't think was that bad that she's going to think is bad? She's like, hey, I've been praying and I feel like the Lord wants us to go here. And I'm like, God, you are crazy. Because there ain't no way. Because this is like this is like our Nineveh. So I think that we should all have a crazy prayer. And then last week, JC preached about fanning the flame. Because I think this, I think that God put a flame inside of everybody. This thing that you really feel called to, that you want to do, that you're afraid to do, that you know you're supposed to do, but you're afraid to do it. You don't really feel qualified. You actually feel super unqualified. But God put it in your heart so you want to do it, but then you're afraid to do it. And if you do it, what if you fail? It's crazy, isn't it? And God said, well, you got to fan that gift that's inside of you. You know, Paul said, you got to fan that gift that's inside of you by laying on of my hands. And I think this, I think that what God planted inside of us is so deep that, that but, and here's the thing, it doesn't go out because we're bad people. It goes out because we quit tending it. Dude, I love this time of year for one reason, bon, well, besides deer hunting, is bonfires. I look, dude, there's nothing better than having a bunch of dudes around a bonfire because we'll talk about Jesus, but there's also a seventh grader in every grown man. So we'll talk about other things. And it's fun. But you've, you've always got that one guy who's the tender of the fire. And if Jesse's anywhere near you, it's him. No, it's it's truth. Like I speak the truth in that. It's it's like true story. He like he like is not gonna not only is Jesse not gonna let the fire go out, it needs to be seen from space. So as the Chinese come over top, they're like, oh, Jesse's on the fire again, I see. I think that we have to tend the fire that's inside of us. And really, you need somebody that will help you fan the gift of God that's inside of you. Because here's the thing. Doubt will put your fire out. Fear puts your fire out. Life, going to work and coming home and buying groceries and loss and gain. They all put your fire out. God said this. He said, man, you know, if you're really going to fan that gift of God that's inside of you, you're going to have to tend it. Because it naturally wants to go out. You ever talk to somebody like, man, a couple years ago they were on fire for God, but now look at them. They just quit tending it. Well, have you ever have you ever woke up one day and you weren't where you wanted to be? And you're like, eh, I just quit. I quit. I always ask people, where were you the happiest? And generally they're like, man, that's when I was walking really tight with the Lord, right? And I'm like, well, what happened? And they're like, well, like nothing happened. It wasn't, generally it's not a chasmoclitic event, right? It wasn't like, but it was like, eh, I woke up one day and I had to work so I didn't do my Devo. And then I switched from, you know, I'm not putting this down. I'm not saying you got to listen to Caleb all the time because that could be a, you know, during the marathon. Anyway, I'm just, yeah. But all of a sudden I stopped listening to what I should have listened to and then I started watching what I shouldn't have started watching. I'm not talking about like you were watching porn. I'm like, like you started watching like, like, I have to be careful what shoot 'em up movies I watch because then I start seeing people as a target rather than an opportunity. All my gun carriers know what I'm talking about. You're like, I could double tap you from right here. I'm just saying. And so, so I think we've got to tend that fire that's inside of us. I think if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it. JC did a great job. But 
But so if you're really going to have this crazy prayer answered, you got to have faith. And all I hear in the back of my head is George Michael. You got to have faith, faith, faith. Yeah, my wife had a poster of him when she was younger. He's gay. So it doesn't bother me. So what is faith? Like, like if you're going to have faith, and, and Christians all the time talk about faith, but, but I ask Christians all the time, well, what, does it mean, what does faith mean? And, and very few people articulate it well. But here's what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. King James says it this way. Our Amplified Classic says it this way. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I love that because I'm a coffee drinker. I'm a coffee people. Listen, the last week of my life, I, we were getting like four and a half hours of sleep a night and I was living on coffee and Red Bull. Oh, it works. Because then when you try to go to sleep, you can't. You're like laying in bed going, I'm exhausted. But here's the thing. So, so, so faith is the substance. It's made up for things that I hope for. So every time I push my thing, I believe there's coffee here. But I can't see it. But I've got faith that it's still in my cup. I was right. Have you ever got to the end of your coffee? Now, I, I have a metal coffee cup, so it's hard to tell what's... I have to shake it to see what's in it. Have you ever had that moment where you hit the button and you turned it up and you thought it had something in it, but it's empty? And you look at it like... the same. It's the same thing when your remote batteries go out. You live in disbelief because you had such faith that there was something inside of it. You can't believe this cup would let you down. You can't believe that your remote actually stops working and needs new batteries. I mean, you just put them in three years ago. I mean, how could it not? So here's the thing. We operate in faith. We believe that things exist that we can't see all the time. And, we, and, and really, and I'm going to talk about this next week, but that faith requires an action. And, and so you sit there and you're like, man, faith is the substance of things hoped for, made up of the evidence of things I can't, I can't see. Meaning this, that, that, that if you're going by what you see and feel, you'll always be a step or 12 behind God. God wants us to act and react in advance of what we see, feel, taste, smell, touch. It's like this, Noah, Noah got called to build an ark. So God looked at him and said, hey, I want you to build a boat. And Noah said, what's a boat? Because there had never been a boat before. And he said, it's this thing that floats on water when it rains. And he said, well, what's rain? Because until then, all the rain had come up from the depths of the earth, Scripture says. So, how many times do you think Noah had to pull a piece of wood off and recut it because he got it wrong? But he had faith that the rain was coming, even though he didn't really know what rain was. It took him 120 years to build an ark or so. And he built it with his family. I tried to put Ikea furniture together with my wife one time. I don't want to build an ark. I don't know what the Swiss do well, but it's not make furniture. Is it Swiss? Where's, is Ikea furniture? I don't think it's Japan, because Japan just write bad English. Anybody got directions from Amazon from Japan? Put the that? Like, like you ever noticed, like, like, I forget what we had the other day that was so funny. It may have been a, a frame. And I was like, yeah, whoever this was took my version of English. 
in Span in Chinese because it was like put the metal um, uh, process in the and I'm like that's not the right word and then I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to write anyway it was a thing I don't even know where I was going with that but my point is is man when 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 we look and we say you know what God I I'm going to trust you with the process for doing what you what what I feel like you're asking me to pray for even though I can't see it even though I don't have any evidence that it's going to happen. It took Noah 120 years to build an ark with his family. And I'm sitting there going, man, I, 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 putting stuff together with my family is frustrating. I can't imagine doing it for 120 years. Because my wife's job is to read the instructions. And then show me the picture. And then my question always is, are you sure you're on the right one? Because A4 doesn't fit in B5. God said this, he said, a lot of times what I do is I go back and I look at the picture on the front of the box and I can figure it out. God said this, he said, if you'll always come back to the Word, you can see the picture of what I'm trying to build in your life. And sometimes it starts with a crazy prayer. prayer believe in God for something way bigger than what you ever thought He could ask, think, do, or believe in your life. So man, if you're here this morning and you haven't taken the time to come up with your crazy prayer, man, you need to like ASAP. It needs to be written in your phone. It needs to be something you're thinking and praying about every day. And so, so if you know what faith is, here's the, here's the next question that's kind of a natural byproduct of that, is what do you think God is really able to do? Like, like what do you really think God is able to do? Here's what Scripture says, James 1, 6-8. It says this, But let him ask by faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything for the Lord. He's double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. I love how Scripture says this. It says that, that double-minded people are... Because there's a difference in being walking in doubt and wrestling with doubt. Walking in doubt is what we're talking about now. The next step I'm going to take you to is, is do people with faith still wrestle with doubt? Yes, but they're wrestling with it. Scripture here says that people that are driven around like waves. Waves are driven by wind. Wind is an outside force that moves the water in a direction and causes a wave. Here's the thing. Are you being driven into unbelief by outside circumstances? I had somebody when I got saved, they were a family member. I came home and I'd just gotten saved. And I told them, I was so excited. I came home and I was like, hey, I got saved. And they're like, nah, I'll give it two weeks. Well, they were wrong. But that was an outside wave that wanted to drive me away from my faith. And everyone forget when I told somebody, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Like, <laughs> no, really. There's a t-shirt I want that says, uh, bet against me, that'll be fun. I, I, I think that God does that all the time. Jesus is like, yeah, bet against me. Bet, bet I won't raise him from the dead. Bet I won't heal him. Bet I won't forgive him. Bet, bet I won't take the worst sinner and make them the preacher. That's, that's like how God rolls. But how come it is that when, when God tries to move on our life there, that all these outside forces that try to drive us away and cause us to doubt and not receive anything from God? Have you, have you ever got a health report? And it wasn't the one you wanted? And you're like, man, I'm just going to believe God. And then the first person you talk to's Aunt Sally died from that. And you feel the wind start to blow. 
the best example of this that I've ever come up with, uh, and I, I may have told this here, I, I've talked to a lot of people over the last couple of weeks, so I can't remember which stories I've told where, so if I've told you this, act like it's new. <laughs> Look, you've got grandparents, you do it all the time, right? You are. I went and prayed for this lady one time, and she, you know, white-haired people I love praying for, because generally they're full of faith, right? Because that's all they got left. I mean, when you're young, you're like, I'm young, I'll bounce back. When you're old, you're like, I need to move a God. Can I just... so, so, I went in and pray... so I went in and prayed for this old lady. I was like, hey, can I pray for her? And she said, yeah. And I said, what do you want God to do? And she said, I just want God to heal me. And I prayed for her. And as I walked out of the room, two other blue-haired ladies came in. And they're like, how are you doing? So said, oh, I'm going to die. Well, which is it? It's kind of like if you're a parent and you're praying over your kid, you need to be in unity with your spouse. Because you can't have one kid, one parent praying for one thing and another parent praying for something else. Now, if you're, if you're divorced or split up, man, you take authority. Can I get a witness? But if you're living under the same roof, you need to get in unity. So, so we're sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, man, there is a difference in being double-minded. So here's, here's the question you have to ask. Do I believe that God can do it? Do I believe that God is willing to do it? So if you look, what's the difference between, between doubting God and wrestling and unbelief? Mark chapter 9, 22 through 24, we're talking about a demon-possessed child. And often, and it says this in 22, it said, and often it's tried to cast him, the demon-possessed boy, into the fire and into the water and destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Have you ever asked this question, God, can you do anything? Because really what he's asking is, are you willing and do you have the ability? Now the problem is, it's depending on how you were brought up, it's going to depend on how you interpret what's in the Bible. Is God a healer? Is he not? Is it, is it a crapshoot? Like, God, I heal some, I don't heal others, I do stuff for some people, I don't do for like Like, where do, you, where do you land? And this guy asked a question. He said, God, if you're able to do something, I love Jesus' response. And I don't think they got all of the all of verse 23 right. Anybody when you text, do you put exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point? Which means I can't believe you're saying that and I'm yelling at you. Like, what? That's what this should be. And Jesus said to him, if you can, if I can't, if I, I'm the Son of God. If I can. Listen, honey, I was there, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Listen, the, earth, the, the ball of dirt that you're standing on that's spinning at a couple of, a couple of thousand miles an hour, uh, I created it. The, the water that, 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 that Peter walked on, I created, I created molecules. And I cre created thermonuclear fusion. And I create like, like anything you can come up with, I created. If I can. Smack you in the face if I can. Now we read this as being a little contemptuous, right? But don't we have the same contempt for God all the time when we pray? Because we pray without being fully convinced that God will do it. Or can do it. He goes on, he says this, I love this. All things are possible for one who believes. So really, it's just a, it's just a trust issue. 
have people all the time that go, I don't have enough faith to believe God for that. I'm like, you don't have enough faith not to. Jesus gave you all the faith you'll ever need to believe God for everything. But can you trust Him? The, the, the question when you begin to pray a crazy prayer is this, is do I believe you're able to do it? And do I trust that you will do it? He goes on and he says this. He said, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. A double-minded man, a person who, who just doesn't believe at all, believe, doubts in their heart, not in their head. Uh, somebody who's wrestling with belief will go, God, I believe you, but I have these winds that try to blow on my mind, but I refuse to be driven by them. In other words, I recognize the sound of the enemy. I recognize the sound of wind. When, when the wind was blowing and sticks and crap were flying all over town, you didn't have to go, oh, I wonder what that is. You run to the window and you're like, holy wow, they're like, you know, some chick on a bike going, dun, 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 dun. It, the wind is blowing. I know what the sound of the wind is. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you not know the sound of the enemy that comes to blow fear and doubt and disbelief into, into a prayer that you're praying that has crazy ramifications? Because I promise this, when, when the rain started to fall and the ship began to float, Nobody doubted that Noah heard from the Lord then. When you pray for something that's so big and it starts to come to pass, that the only way that it could happen is God, then you'll know that you've heard from God and you can teach other people how to hear from God so that they can believe God for crazy things so that people will see it happen so that God will get glory so that they'll want to figure out how to do it in their own lives so that they'll begin to play, pray crazy. Do you see how cyclical this is? It's not so that you can be Gandalf. So you can point people towards Jesus that is the God of if I can. I'm the God of more than enough. Now we've watched people, even in this church, people be healed from all kinds of stuff. I heard a guy say this weekend, he said, I want a prophetic flow without a prophetic show. In other words, I want God to move without looking like we got a church full of Gandalfs and craziness. I love the way Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Get up. That's a prophetic flow without a prophetic show. We're seeing God do the miraculous without all the... Anybody ever seen some of that stuff? And you're like, I don't know. If it's God, you'll know about that. He goes on, he says this. He said, Jesus, even so, help my unbelief. Here's the thing. If you can recognize the wind of the enemy trying to get you off point and catch it, then you're not walking in unbelief. You're wrestling with unbelief. This guy believed, but had to wrestle some thoughts, some what-if thoughts, and some... There's nothing wrong with that. Can, can we stop putting ourselves in condemnation for wrestling? Just because you're wrestling doesn't mean you're losing. No, no, no. Just because you're wrestling does not mean you're losing. Quit counting it as a loss every time you wrestle. So, so here's, the, here's the reality. So, so we constantly, Scripture says this, let each man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. So what you're really working out is your theology. Theo meaning God. Ology meaning the study of. So as you study God, You'll, you'll get certain assumptions and, and, and knowledge of who and what God is. 
The problem is, depending on how you're raised, is to how skewed your theology is. Can I make this easy? Nobody, including me, got it all right. You don't have it all right. You love your mama. She probably got something wrong. Doesn't mean she didn't love Jesus. She's got something wrong. Doesn't mean your daddy, same thing. Your grandparents could be the closest thing to Jesus you've ever seen. Doesn't mean they're God. So what then becomes the ultimate authority for truth in your life? So there are two kinds of ways that God speaks. One is, is, is the Logos word of God, or, or Logos if you look at the way it's spelled in English. Uh, L-O-G-O-S. It means the written word of God. The other way is Rhema, which is a revelation from God. In other words, man, God just showed this to me. Now here's the thing. A Rhema word will never contradict a Logos word. So like, if you read in the Bible and it says, thou shalt not kill, but then you get a rhema word for God, you're going to go shoot somebody. That ain't the way it works. You didn't hear from God. So how do we balance a, a, a rhema word from God? You balance it against the Logos word of God. But there are some things that you need a leading of the Spirit on that aren't in the Logos word. Which job do I take? Nowhere does it say anything about IBM or Apple in the, in, in the, in the Bible. But it does talk about the kind of employer you want to work for. Do you see how the two begin to intersect? So, so you sit there and you go, man, here's, here's what people do though. The problem is, is that people want to create a theology off of a life experience. I heard this quote and, and I just stole it. Um, but I'm going to make it mine after this time because I'll give them credit for it when I quote it. Uh, you cannot build a theology based on your experiences. It's one of the most dangerous things you can do. It must be built on the Logos Word of God. In other words, this. So, so, so I had five kidney stones at one point. I drank, it was my fault. It wasn't a devil. wasn't God. I did it. I drank four liters of Coke a day for years. I got five kidney stones. Now here's the thing that you may not know about kidney stones. is the largest kidney stone that they're comfortable with a male passing is seven millimeters. Now this particular last kidney stone was seven millimeters. So basically I was passing a planet the size of Pluto out of my body, but it had spikes on it. Now I believe in the healing power of God. I do. I believe that it's God's will to heal because I can, I can go to the Logos Word of God and over and over and over again I hear where, see where Jesus healed people. I never see where Jesus didn't. I do see where it's appointed unto each man wants to die. That's where I get my theology, my study of God from. However, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity, and I pray you don't, to pass a small planet out of parts of your body that you don't want to pass anything out of. I was in the hospital the fifth time. And the lady, the nurse came in and goes, this is the closest thing a man will ever have to having a child. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not on my A game when I'm in pain. I looked at my wife and said, one more person. One more person comes in and says that I'm going to blast him. She's like, baby, don't you just, you're not feeling good, you're a pastor. And I'm like, I don't care. Sure enough, the next nurse came in. This is the closest thing. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you ever flush your children down the toilet? Because when this thing comes out, that's where it's going. As soon as I pee this thing out, I'm hitting flush. I'm not going to name it. I'm not taking it home with me. I'm not going to feed it. I don't ever want to see it again. This is nothing like a child. This is like, this is like 
grabbing a piece of my body and yanking it out of another part of my body that I don't want to yank anything out of. When you have a baby, do you pee blood? Because I'm peeing blood. I'm peeing, I'm peeing. I'm Heinz ketchup right now. No, this is not good. And as I laid in bed, I, I literally, I prayed this prayer. I set all that up not to be gross, but to tell you this. I literally prayed, I was laying in bed and I said, Jesus, if you're going to return anytime soon, will you just do it now? And if I'm going to die anytime soon, will you just take me to heaven right now? Will you just stop my heart and let me go be with the Lord? It was an honest prayer. Like, like I believe in the healing power of God. But here's what Paul said. Paul said to live in Christ and die is gain. That means I got a lottery ticket that no matter how it's scratched, I win. Like if I live, I live for Jesus. Everything's dope. If I die, I go to heaven. Everything's super dope, right? So like I can't live. But if, if the Lord would have honored that prayer in that moment and taken me to heaven, people would have said, see, God doesn't heal people. See, you can't build a theology not knowing the whole story. And the problem is you never know the whole story. Have you ever gotten in the middle of a couple's fight? And you took a side and you're like, she's right. She's right. And then you find out she about half crazy. And then you're like, well, maybe she wasn't as right as I thought she was. Right? Because you didn't have all the information you thought you did, but you didn't. If I would have died in that moment, people would have said, see, God doesn't heal. When honestly, God would let me operate in the permissive will of God and taken me to heaven. And we had nothing to do with healing. Grandma was praying to be healed, but what did she say when them blue-haired ladies walked in the room? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like you can't judge. So, so how then do we know truth? It's in the Logos Word. So like when you read the Bible, this is why it's important for you to read the Bible, not just listen to what I think about you reading the Bible. Like what do you come up with? Like who is God? And how does that shape these crazy prayers when you're, when you're called to ask God for something big? Because here's the thing. If you can't come up with something right now, I'm going to make you a promise. There's coming a day when you're going to have to. Baby's going to get sick. Kid's going to get sick. Husband's going to lose his job. Wife's going to lose her job. World's going to go crazy. Somebody is going to get elected. Um, the, all of the above. I don't know, pandemic's going to happen. Again. Yeah, I'm over that. I told somebody, I told somebody I'm just going to go ahead and prep y'all. Uh, if, if, if it comes back around again, come if you want to wear a mask. We ain't shutting down, at period. Like, it, the answer is no. I was nice the first time. Now I'm just mean. However you want to do it. But I will be on the stage unless if I'm sick. And then I got three other people, four other people that can swing at it. One of them will preach. If we're all sick, then there ain't a point in us not meeting anyway because we're all sick. I figure if Jesus hung out with leopards, I'm not, not leopards, that's wrong. <laughs> lepers. Leopards is totally different. You know, that's lepers being a disease, not leopards being an animal. Um, but if Jesus hung out with lepers, uh, people that were sick, then I'm not going to be afraid of it. Gotta get away. So that was my own thing. But here's the thing. I'm so resolute in my thought process about that. Does this make any sense? Like, what crazy thing is God going to ask you to pray for that even in the face of everybody else telling you you're crazy, you're going to go after it? Because here's the thing. Everybody will call you crazy until they call you right. When the lady pushed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, she was crazy right up till she was healed. 
when the men lowered Je- the, the, the friend down to Jesus through the hole in the roof that they cut, they were crazy until he walked. Peter, arm deep in a fish looking for a coin. Because you know when Jesus told Peter to go pay the temple tax and he went to dig in the fish, you know the, the, the coin was not in the front of the fish's mouth. It was near the other end. And you see Peter arm deep in this fish trying to pull this coin out. Everybody called him crazy so they called him right. That poor fish population. You know how many people were sticking their hands down fish's mouth after that day? It was like, it's horrible. Peter was protesting. It was a bad day. My point is this. It's okay to wrestle with, with unbelief. Jesus, I believe, it helped unbelief. You just can't afford to let doubt creep in. You have to answer for your crazy prayer. And every crazy prayer God's going to ask you to pray after today. Do you believe? How big do you think Jesus really is? And can you trust Him to do what He promises? Can we pray? Father, as we come to close, I just... Man, I just ask that today you do exceedingly abundantly in our hearts and lives. God, that, that we pray crazy prayers, God, that, that, that we answer the call to believe You for things that are beyond us that rest squarely on You. God, for everybody who's praying for a lost child or, or praying for a, a, a financial breakthrough or, or a marriage to change or a kid to come back home or, or a kid just to turn out good. Turn out in the faith. God, no matter what our crazy prayer is. Father, will you show up and show off? Because we believe you're big enough. And in those periods of doubt, God, let us not be driven around, be moved from what we believe in by what the enemy says. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online. You say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. I'm not walking in the faith. I'm I need to rededicate, or maybe I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe this needs to be a moment where I rededicate my life to, to serving the Lord. If that's you, we just slip your hand up. No judgment, no, no thoughts. Just welcome home. Thank you. Can we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me right with You. Today is my homecoming. I'm going to serve You. I'm going to live for You. Not just today, but all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give these folks a round of applause. Biggest decision you can make. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.